0: What's good boys and girls, welcome to the Two Podcast. Today is Tuesday, the 17th of August. We're brought to you by eplindex.com and our presenting sponsor, Liberty Shield. Liberty Shield is a VPN provider. A virtual privacy network will allow you to go online and change your location to access anything you may be geoblocked from. It also keeps your data safe. So check out libertyshield.com and use the code EPLVPN to get 20% off at checkout. We're also brought to you by Home of Hopcroft a giftware and homeware company located in Scotland but shipping worldwide. Check out homeofhopcroft.co.uk and also do remember to download the Etsy app and look up the EPL Index Store and the Anfield Index Store for any merchandise you may be looking for for your favourite team. Um, Right folks, breaking news this morning. Tammy Abraham has completed his £34 million move. To Roma from Chelsea. And I have to say. At first. I was a little bit doubtful. Of this move for Tammy. Because. I thought he'd have Premier League interest. And obviously he did. West Ham were interested. Arsenal were interested. I do believe Aston Villa were interested. Were interested. And I I still think Villa would have been better off. Getting him. Than getting Danny Ings. I still think buying. A 23 year old Tammy Abraham. Even if you've got to pay 5-6 million more. Is a better business deal than getting Danny Ings at his age. With his injury history. But Villa went the way they did. And now Tammy is away to Roma. And look it's a decent Roma team. Went through it last week. There's some quality players there. If Zaniolo's back and Pellegrini is fit for the season. The three of them will cause havoc. And Tammy will score a lot of goals. In Syria. That's just what it will be. Tammy will do well. He's got pace. He's good in the air. He's a good finisher. His link up play is good. I can see Tammy doing very well. Ed and Dzeko has done exceptionally well. With this Roma team. Under lesser managers. And yet Mourinho is not the manager he was. But he's still very very good. When he gets his act together. You look at Dzeko over the last. Five years with Roma. Uh, Since he moved there permanently. 119 goals in 260 games. Overall. Sorry it's 109 goals in 221 games. Overall for them including the loan 119 in 260. But Jekyll was 29 when he moved there. And Jekyll doesn't have great pace. He's a striker who relies a lot more on. nouse, Clever movement. Aerial dominance, Tammy's got more more raw ability than Jekko does. He doesn't have maybe the cultured side just yet, but it will come. Tammy's still a very raw player. He's like I say, twenty-three years of age, nowhere close to his prime, and he's shown an ability to be really, really good in big pressure situations. You look at that season he put together for Chelsea in nineteen twenty, eighteen 18 goals in 47 games. Now last season obviously not as good. 12-32. But Chelsea were really poor in the first half of the season under Lampard. And for whatever reason Thomas Tuchel just didn't fancy him. But he banged in goals for Bristol. He banged in goals for Villa on loan. When he plays regularly, Tammy scores. The only time that hasn't been the case... Was his loan spell at Swansea. And they were a train wreck that season. An absolute car crash. So it's very hard to put any of the blame. Of that season on him. You look at like. Renato Sanchez came in that summer as well. And he had a disastrous loan spell. At Swansea. Now if you said to some club now. You can have Tammy and Renato. They'd be delighted to get both of them. For whatever reason, the whole thing was just a mess. From start to finish, under Paul Clement, under Carlos Carvial, the whole season was an absolute train wreck. So I don't put any of that on Tammy. I look at the other seasons he had at Bristol, at Villa, with Chelsea, and I see a guy that scores goals and does a lot more for his team while scoring those goals. He works really hard. His hold of play is excellent. He's a menace in the air. He runs the channels, tries to bring others into the game. He's an unselfish player as well, which is why I thought he would have been perfect for Villa. Because having him with goal scorers like Watkins and Bailey, I thought that would balance itself really well. I think Villa might live to regret the decision not to get Tammy, though I do think Danny Ings will do well there. But just from an age profile... Tammy would have made a lot more sense. When you consider Ollie Watkins is 25, and you've got Leon Bailey, who's 23-24, 24. 24. Tammy's right in the same age bracket as them. They could have developed together and become a very, very formidable front three with the likes of Emi Buendia, uh, John McGinn, and Douglas Luiz in midfield. And again, Emi Buendia is only 24. Douglas Luiz is 23, 24. McGinn is 27. He's a little bit older. But, you know, the 23 to 27 age range, all of them will be in their peaks around the same time. It could have been excellent. I think they'll regret it. I think Roma will be absolutely delighted with what Tammy Abraham will bring them, though. I really do. And if he hits the ground running, if Zaniolo's back, that pairing will be a nightmare to deal with. Big, powerful, pacey, versatile. Roma should be pretty good this year. Whether they can get their way into the top four, time will tell. But when we consider Inter won the title last season, they've lost Lukaku, they've lost Hakimi, they've lost Ericsson in all likelihood. There's probably one or two more that could go. Milan haven't really strengthened this summer. They don't have a whole bunch of money and they could still lose Theo Hernandez. Atalanta lost their best defender. Now they brought in Demerell, who's good, but he's not Christian Romero level of good. Juve should take a step forward, but again, they haven't strengthened hugely. Napoli haven't strengthened hugely. Lazio haven't strengthened hugely. So all of the teams above that finished above Roma last year when they finished sixth, Sorry, 7th. All of the six teams that finish above them. Haven't really taken a step forward. Other than Juve who appointed a great manager to replace Pirlo. They brought back Allegri. Aside from that, even you look at the managerial situation. Inter taking a step back. Inzaghi's good. But he's not Conte. Milan will have the same manager. So will Atalanta. Napoli... I mean, Gattuso's not a favourite of mine, but I do think he's... I think they've downgraded as well to Spalletti. I'm not a big Spalletti fan. I do like what Lazio have done, though, getting Sarri in. So maybe they've upgraded in that regard as well. But I think Roma have made a big upgrade in manager. Not as big as Juve, but a big upgrade there. And I think they'll be competitive. Anyway, back to life in the Premier League. There's a really good article on the BBC website Um, if you go to bbc.com forward slash sport forward slash football there's an article on Jorginho and his rise from Brazilian beaches to Ballon d'Or contender now I think a bit of hyperbole there I don't think anyone really thinks he's a Ballon d'Or contender however what a summer that guy had won a Champions League with Chelsea played a key role in that and then went on and played a massive role in Italy winning the European Championships had himself an absolute belter um and look, there's still doubts over him as a as a defensive midfielder and how it works in Chelsea's midfield. But there's no doubting his quality on the ball. There's no doubting his intelligence and how important he is to club and country. So it, the article's really good, well worth a read and, and kind of highlights some of the things that, you know, can affect young players who move early from, from their homes to different countries and the things they go through and the trials and tribulations and the struggles. So that's well worth a read. If you do have the time, uh, make sure and give it a look. Uh, something you shouldn't bother reading is the article on The Athletic by Sam Lee about Jack Grealish's debut. Uh, read it last night, read it again this morning just to laugh. Um, embarrassing attempts to make it seem like Jack Grealish had a, a good debut. Jack Grealish's competitive debut for Manchester City ended in defeat, but it was a display that promised there's plenty more to come. The article is titled 90 Minutes of Grealish, Personality Influence in the Extra Pass. And in said article, Pep Guardiola is quoted as saying, he played, he made an incredible game, incredible debut. I just congratulated him for trying and trying until the end. I mean I don't know if this guy thinks that we don't watch the games or you know we don't see the games the same way he does. I understand that he's he knows far more about the game than any of us, but at the same time, we know what's good and what's bad. And Jack Grealish's debut was bad. He was poor. He spent most of his day falling over. He had one half decent opportunity, he didn't create anything for anybody else. He was really poor. Uh, But this is the, the pep model, isn't it? This is the pep thing, is just to blatantly lie about things. He's the biggest hypocrite in the game. Without a shadow of a doubt, he's the biggest hypocrite in the game. This is a constant thing with him where he wants to cry and lie about things that just everybody can see that he's talking out of his backside. It's the same thing when he was talking about how they signed Grealish and how... When you sell for sixty million, you can afford to buy for a hundred million. Well let me be really clear. City haven't sold anything for sixty million this year. City's sales this summer Jack Harrison, Lucas Machea, and Ivan Illich combined thirty million. Signings Gilbert Aguilar, Dario Sarmiento, Jack Grealish. Keikai, and that other Brazilian kid they brought in, whose name escapes me. Um, Matinho, is that his name? Good young player, by all accounts. But, their net spend this summer, sorry, their overall gross spend this summer, is in the region of 125 million. Which puts their net spend at about 95 million so in no way shape or form have city sold for 60 million now Pep might be referring to last year where they sold 96 million pounds worth of players but they also bought 143 million pounds worth of players so again their net spend was about 47 million now 47 million is not a lot especially for a club like that It's not a huge net spend. But this idea that they've sold 60 million pounds worth of players, this attempts to say, oh, but we're counting Leroy Sane towards that, which I think is what Pep is trying to suggest. That because they sold Sane, they can now go and buy Grealish. But he seems to ignore the fact that last summer they bought Ferran Torres, Nathan Aki, and Ruben Diaz. Ruben Diaz cost 60, Torres cost 40, um, sorry Torres cost 20 Aki was 40 they paid 9 million for Pablo Moreno 6 million for Stefanovic in January in October they bought Nahul Bustas and Diego Rosa for 11 million combined like I get that he thinks he's smarter than everybody else because in many cases he is but he has to stop lying He has to stop flagrantly lying about things that are just so easily disprovable. At no point have City sold for 60 million this year. Now, they might get there. Maybe Bernardo Silva goes, but who's going to buy him? Like, City apparently wants 60 million for him. So let's look at the clubs that could buy him. In theory, Real Madrid. But all of their focus is on Mbappe. And they don't really have any need for Bernardo Silva. In theory, Barca, but they're broke, so they can't buy him. Atletico Madrid could buy him, maybe. But they did just bring in Rodrigo de Paul. And their focus seems to be on a number nine in Dusan Vlahovic. So they're out of the mix. Nobody else in La Liga could pay that money. There's only one club in Germany that could. It's Bayern Munich and they have no need for him. In Syria, A. Juve could afford him. But they don't have a need for him. They're not exactly in a good financial position themselves. Inter couldn't afford him because they're broke. They need to sell. Milan couldn't afford him. And nobody else could afford him either. In France. Nice, in theory, could afford him, but they're not going to spend that type of money on a player. They've got the wealth behind them, as do Stad Ren, but neither of them are going to spend that kind of money and they wouldn't be attractive to him. Paris Saint Germain could, but they're not going to pay it. They've just brought in Messi. So you're looking at a Premier League sale. So what clubs are likely to pay 60 million or what clubs have the capability to pay 60 million? Well, you've got Chelsea, you've got Liverpool. You've got Manchester United. Arsenal have in the past. I don't think Arsenal could afford him. And I don't think City would sell to the other three. So the only real way to get Bernardo out the door would be to get him to Spurs. But the only way they can get him to Spurs is as part of a deal for Harry Kane. Now I'll be really interested to hear what excuses... And lies Pep comes up with if City sign Harry Kane. Because that's going to be £150 million. Now again, you could maybe include Bernardo. Maybe you could include Americ Laporte. But would either of them actually want to go to Spurs? So far this summer, we've seen Spurs turned down by Jules Conde, Lutaro Martinez and Pau Torres in different manners. Now, could they potentially go back and up their offers for those players? Yeah, they could. Would they get them? I don't know. Could they blow Bernardo Silva and Amaric Laporte away with offers? Yeah, maybe. And maybe that would convince them to make the move. A Christian Romero-Amaric Laporte centre-back pairing would be fantastic. Bernardo would be a really nice fit into dispersed team under nuno if nuno wants to play 4-2-3-1 he could play bernardo off the right son off the left buy a number 9 with whatever other money comes in from kane and play Delhi as a 10 he could play son as the nine and play play brian gill lucas mora or steven bergvine on the left so he could fit there nicely But again, I I just don't know that he would want to go. And and the only way for Spurs to bring him in would be as part of a deal for Harry Kane. So that's just adding more money. Like, the other one is Laporte. And again, it's the same club. City would want 50, 60 million. There's an article from Carl Anka on The Athletic entitled The Almost Stars Waiting for a Move That Likely Won't Come in a Market of Stockpiling Players. And his name is Bernardo. And he said Bernardo could start for at least 15 teams in the Premier League. Bernardo Silva could start for any team in the Premier League. Including Manchester City. Because he's a better player than Jack Grealish. He'd start for Chelsea. He'd start for United. He'd start for Liverpool. He'd start for everybody else. Bernardo Silva is a fantastic player. He would start for any team in the Premier League. He would start in the midfield three for Liverpool. Without doubt. He would start in the front three for Chelsea. Could play off the left for City or off the right with Sancho on the left where he wants to be. Because he's a better player than Marcus Rashford. You could use Rashford through the middle then. There is no club in England that Bernardo Silva is not good enough to start for. The only club with a better left side centre back than America Laporte is Liverpool. So for the including City. Like Ruben Diaz is not better than America Laporte. He might have won a bunch of Of awards last season. He's not a better defender than Eric Laporte. Laporte has proven. His brilliance over multiple seasons. Now he's had a rough time. Since coming back from injuries. And that's mostly on Pep. But Diaz didn't look very good at all. Against Spurs. Not just for the goal. But constantly he got dragged out of position. He got caught ball watching. Couldn't track his runners. Obviously he gets John Stones back next week. And. John Stones might hold his hand. But if John Stones is the one holding your hand, there's questions to be asked. Because Laporte was holding Stones' hand. Laporte was the one holding that defence together for a couple of years after his arrival. It's actually an interesting article, Franca, though. He, um, other players that he mentions that clubs would like to sell or that would like to leave their current clubs, Gabriel Jesus, And again, City will want big money for him and that narrows the market and the clubs that can afford him either aren't in the market for a number nine or just can't get that money together right now. Uh, he mentions Jesse Lingard, different calibre of player. Obviously, Jesse Lingard's a, a squad player for any good club, but he's a starter for anyone that wants to finish, you know, kind of sixth and below or has, you know, that kind of realistic, uh, ceiling on their, on their team. Lingard needs a move. We saw last season what he can do when freed, like he was at West Ham. Now, it will be very interesting to see how he plays with fans back in the stands because he's always been marked as a player who's unbelievably good in training and then just really couldn't translate it onto the pitch frequently enough. Bayern Munich apparently trying to get rid of Quarantine Taliso. Police was a good player. He's injury prone. And that's the, the knock on him. Bayern apparently willing to accept as little as 10 million euro for him. Someone will get a bargain if they're brave enough to go and pay it. But you are gambling on the fitness. Uh, Juventus will listen to offers for Aaron Ramsey amongst others. There won't be offers for Aaron Ramsey. Because no one wants him. Paris Saint-Germain are open to offers for as many as 10 players in their squad. 10. Anyone good is the question. There's got to be somebody good that they would be willing to sell. That a team could snap up. But when you look through the PSG squad, it's not great. Okay, here are the list. Levin Kurzawa. He's alright. He's a decent left back. Sergio Rico's not very good. Pablo Sarabia, very overrated. Abdou Diallo's good, and I think Spurs should make a move for him. I think he'd fit nicely. I do like Thilo Carrera, but he's kind of gotten stuck between being a centre back and being a right back, and he probably needs to go to a team that plays a back three and plays the right side centre back in that setup again again, I think they'd be foolish to sell him because I think he's a very, very valuable squad player. I doubt he has much value at this point. And he's probably more valuable to them as a squad player. He'll be 32 next month. I can't see anyone giving them a decent fee for him. Rafinha falls into the same bracket as I think you're better to keep him, even if his wages are a little bit high. Just because the injuries have been so... Consistent and persistent through his career uh Maro acardi, I think you're probably looking at a loan at best and Ander Herrera and he falls into the same bracket as Idrissa Gay. at his age with the money he's on. I just don't see a club being willing to stump up any kind of fee for him he's thirty two just turned thirty three the other day so you know he's on rumored to be about two hundred and fifty grand a week. You're better off keeping him as a squad player. There's not a whole lot of money to be made from that group of players. Acardi, if you could find a buyer. But again, the market for strikers is kind of dried up now. Now West Ham are looking for a striker. Would Icardi go there? I doubt it. Arsenal might look for a striker and and Acardi could consider that one. But would they be willing to pay him and then pay his wages? I don't know. They'd probably have to rid themselves of Lacazette or Aubameyang, and maybe they'd want to do some sort of swap, which doesn't help PSG. Diallo they could get twenty five million for, and Carré maybe they get twenty million. But Carré came out a couple of weeks ago and said he wants to stay. I'd be surprised if they could get a hundred million for those ten players combined. I'd be very surprised. In fact. I'd be willing to bet a substantial amount of money that they wouldn't. And when you factor in if they could get rid of them all, they'd be giving big payoffs in all likelihood to Herrera, Icardi, Rafinha and Idrissa That they'd probably end up with about 50 million in the bank and a very tiny squad then that wouldn't be much use to them. Danny Ceballos, Martin Odegaard, Saul, Philippe Coutinho, Martin Braithwaite and Samuel Mtiti are apparently all available. Ceballos is a a mid-table player and should probably look for a move back to like Real Betis or something. Odegaard, I think, could play for a top club. Um, But you'd have to kind of build a team around him or or at least give him at least one runner behind him who'll do a lot of his work. If you're playing him on the right, get a defensive right back. If you're playing him as a 10, you need to probably put two holding midfielders there. Sola's world-class could play for anybody. Coutinho is probably probably the hardest one to shift off this list so far. Umtidi won't be hard, far behind him though with the injuries he's had. Braithwaite, I'm sure there'll be offers for. He's not a massive money. Um, He mentions Hazard, Griezmann and Bale. Nobody will want any of them. They're all injury prone. They're all on far too much money. Says Marcus Alonso or Emerson, Emerson might be potentially sold. You'd imagine Emerson's the more likely, because Tuchel does seem to like Marcus Alonso. Kurt Suma, he could do a job for a half dozen Premier League clubs without question. But who has the money for him? There's not a whole bunch of money floating around this summer. It's a It's an unusual summer. I know we had COVID, but you did feel like there'd be a bit of a bounce back this year. There hasn't been yet. It might become a manic two weeks. Danny Drinkwater is still a Chelsea player and will remain one because no one's going to pay him. Why would you give Danny Drinkwater your hard-earned money? In his career, he's had two good seasons. They just happened to coincide with... Well, one of them came with Angolo Kante beside him. And the next summer, you bought him because Kante liked playing with him and you thought maybe that'll work again. But his loan at... Burnley was a disaster. His loan at Villa was a disaster. And last year, you sent him on loan to a Turkish club, and that was a disaster as well. Bakioko and Ross Barkley are still there. Again, they're players that could easily play in the Premier League. You know, if you're looking for an attacking midfielder, you could do a lot worse than getting Ross Barkley in on loan. He had a good first half of last season, and then he got injured, he came back, and he wasn't nearly as effective. Bakayoko's had some good loans with Milan uh, and with with Napoli. He can definitely play. There are definitely Premier League clubs that could do with him. Arsenal could do with him. He'd be a good fit next to uh, next to Thomas Partey. This is actually a good article from from Carl It's well worth your while giving it a read. Just highlights how many players are at big clubs. They're quality players, but they could be available this summer. So, well worth your while to check that one out. Uh, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we will wrap through the last little bit of news and the gossip, and uh, we'll be out of here nice and quick today. Right, welcome back. So, last little bits of news. Uh, Phil Jagielka is signing for Derby County on a six-month contract after leaving Sheffield United at the end of last season. Derby are also hopeful of signing Sam Baldock after uh, Colin Kazim Richards got injured at the weekend. He's their only senior striker. Uh, Derby are not in a good place. Um, They're under sanction by the EFL for accounting malpractice they've made an absolute hames of running their football club for the last few years they're relying on lads that are well past their best and kids who aren't quite ready that's basically the makeup of the derby county squad at the minute lots of lads well into their 30s lots of teenagers and lads in their early 20s and not a whole lot in between They're also managed by Wayne Rooney, who, truth be told, has done absolutely nothing to suggest he's a capable manager yet. Uh, He got the job based on his name, but in 39 games in charge, he has won 10. He has a 25.6% win percentage, and in reality, should have gone down last season. Um, He probably would have been sacked if he was anyone else. Jason Burt has a... I think it's actually Mike McGrath wrote it. Jason Burt retweeted it. Uh, Really interesting piece about Glenn Hoddle and how his life changed and how his perspective on life changed after his heart attack. So that's really well worth uh, throwing an eye on. Uh, It is Mike McGrath that wrote it it indeed. Um, Jason Burt reporting that Barcelona are not currently trying to sign Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang. There had been some rumours yesterday, I think, that Barca were prepared to offer Coutinho in exchange for Aubameyang. I can't think of a sadder transfer. The misery involved in that transfer would just be phenomenal. Um, nobody's going to touch either of those players. The contracts they're on are ludicrous. Aubameyang maybe can still you know, rediscover his best, but what a mess. What an absolute mess. Another part of the mess at Arsenal. Hector Bellerin wants out. Uh, He's extremely frustrated with the club. He's told Arteta and Edu he wants to leave. His agent is telling clubs around Europe he'll take a pay cut to leave. But thus far, Arsenal are pricing him out of moves. Uh, Talks with Inter Milan fell apart. There was a potential swap deal for Kieran Trippier. discussed, but I don't think Trippier wants that move. I think he wants to go to United. So that's not very good at all. Uh, Good news for Leicester as Harvey Barnes is on the verge of of signing a new four-year contract. Terms being finalised in the next couple of days. Liverpool were were interested. Had strong interest in the player. But no bid was forthcoming. And it appears like Harvey Barnes will now stay at Leicester City. Which, you know, for his development is probably the best thing. I would have liked to see him at Liverpool. though. I think he would have been great. I think he's the perfect player to play under Klopp. Um, they were in for and they couldn't get him. I think Barnes is a similar type of player who can be used in a similar type of way. Whether he reaches Chiesa's level, I mean, there's not a whole lot of difference between them age-wise. I don't think there's a massive amount of difference between them on the pitch when Barnes is fit. Uh, Jordan Henderson, believed to be close to a new deal at Liverpool as well. David Ornstein reporting now. His reporting on that is definitely coming from the Henderson side. So we'll wait and see if there's truth to it or if it's Henderson's side. Leaking again to try and put pressure on the club or whatever. Uh, In all likelihood, that deal gets done. An extra year, a little bit of extra money. So the club get what they want, which is a a one-year add-on, a one-year extension. Henderson gets what this has always been about, which is a bit of extra money. And um, everybody pretends they won. Everybody goes home happy. That's basically all the news for now. So... It's just really the gossip to go through. And we will be out of here with a nice short show today. Paris Saint-Germain will offer Manchester United's 28-year-old France midfielder a deal worth 510,000 per week as they try to secure the World Cup winner on a free transfer next summer. I I do think if United don't get him sold uh, sold this month, they're going to lose him on a free. I don't see him re-signing. I don't think they want to give him that type of contract. He certainly hasn't earned it at the club. And I don't even know if he wants it from the club. I think his first choice would probably be Real Madrid. I think that's always been his dream. But I'm sure if PSG make him the offer. He'll be happy to go there if Madrid aren't forthcoming in their move. Now there has been some talk. That Real are preparing for madness. That they want Mbappe. Either now or on a free next summer. They'd prefer him on the free next summer. They want Kamavinga on a free next summer. They want Pogba on a free next summer. And then they want to play the buyout for Haaland. So, if Real could do that, I mean, it would be insane. Haaland and Mbappe. And I'm not a big Pogba fan, but I think he'd turn up for Real. He's clearly ridiculously talented. And Kamavinga is the best young midfield player in the world. So, if Real had secured all four of them, it would just be mind-blowing. Uh Tottenham's Harry Kane is hoping Manchester City will make a fresh British record bid to sign him this week. I'm sure he's hoping. I don't think it'll make much difference though. At this point, I don't know that Daniel Levy is going to bow to his demands. Manchester City are determined to push ahead in their efforts to sign Kane, despite Spurs saying he is not for sale. That's from ESPN, while the Mail report... That city are set to end their interest in Kane if Tottenham are unwilling to agree a deal this summer. Tottenham players are set to support Kane as he continues to look for a way out of the club. Blah blah blah. Uh, Barcelona president Joan Laporte says his predecessor's failure to properly invest the 200 million received from Brazilian forward Neymar's switch to PSG has contributed to the financial crisis, and that's fair. However, his predecessor did far more. Dreadful things than that. Barcelona announced yesterday. They are 1.15 billion pounds sterling in debt. I think it's about 1.6 billion euro. Or something ridiculous like that. It's an insane amount of money. Like to put that into context. Chelsea are in about 1.4 billion of debt. But all of that is to Roman Abramovich. And that's all debt he may never recall. Now if he does Chelsea be in major trouble. But. In all likelihood he just continues to fund it. Because what does he care? Billion here, billion there. It's fine for him. Um, Barca are... in it's, It's ungodly how bad the state of the club is. Everything you read just makes it seem worse. There's not one bright light for Barcelona financially at the moment. The only bright lights surrounding the entire club are Pedri and Ansu Fati. And Pedri, they are running into the ground. Kid played every minute of the Euros, bar a penalty shootout, all of the Olympics, and he's already back playing for Barca. Ansoufati's coming back from a, a year out nearly with a knee injury that should have taken three months to heal. So things aren't good at Barca at all. Manchester United have been alerted to, su- to the suggestion that Cristiano Ronaldo is set to be working. On an exit plan. From Juventus. Um, Great. Fair play. Don't think anybody would be too bothered. He'll score some goals. He offers very little else. I don't think he'd cope very well in the Premier League these days. Um, Manchester United manager. Oli Gunnar Solskjaer has told the club to settle new contracts. With five first team players. Including Bruno Fernandes. And Paul Pogba. Bruno's. 18 months into a five and a half year deal. I think that one can hold off. Pogba you should have sorted two years ago. Martin Odegaard could be one step closer to Arsenal after his agent flew to London to discuss a season long known. It's from the mirror. It's a lie. He's only available for sale by the same Things It might get to, to loan stage as the window closes, but I think for right now, Real are still looking for a sale. Um, Real Madrid hope to sign Kylian Abad. Yeah, we know that. Ah, uh, this, is, this is the one from Sky Sports. Barcelona are interested in Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang and are willing to part with... Uh, Philip Coutinho as part of the deal. What a nonsense. What an absolute nonsense. Arsenal could be willing to offload Aubameyang as he does not see eye-to-eye with Mikel Arteta. Then get rid of Arteta. Like, the players aren't the issue here. They, well, they are. The players aren't great. But Arteta is the big issue with Arsenal. If we're all going to be honest about it, He's a mess. Arsenal midfielder Granit Xhaka has signed a new contract. I love it. You were trying to push him out the door. Push him out the door. Push him out the door. And when you couldn't, you gave him a new contract. What are you doing? What are you doing? He was only going to bring in 15 to 18 million this summer anyway. Signing him to a new deal doesn't change that. Him only having one year left in his contract next summer... Wouldn't really have changed that anyway. He's going to be 29 soon. Which means that next summer. Someone will be buying a near 30 year old. Instead you're now stuck with him. For an extra year. He's probably been given a pay rise. And he's been awful since they signed him. Manchester United's Ivory Coast winger. Ahmed Diallo is wanted on loan. By Championship Club Sheffield United. Don't let him go to the Championship. That would be my advice. Do not let him go to the Championship. West Ham's hopes of signing... Uh, Jesse Lingard have received a boost after United dropped their asking price to 20 million they dropped their asking price to 20 million do they understand how absurd that is Jesse Lingard is a 15 million pound footballer on a good day he's not 20 million after the price gets dropped Latour Martinez has decided to stay it into Milan his agent has confirmed we'll see if a real offer comes in for him from a real club uh, not, you know, a, a club with Champions League football. I, I don't know that he'd necessarily stay. Manchester City are chasing the signing of Brit- Britain's tallest outfield player, six foot nine Sully Hull striker Kyle Hudlin Middlesbrough and Cardiff are also watching him. City's name doesn't quite fit in with Middlesbrough and Cardiff, does it? So you'd imagine they'll bring him in, loan him out endlessly, and he'll never ever see. The pitch at the yet had in his life. Chelsea Aaron talks with Leon over the transfer of Emerson Palmieri as the Blues look to cut numbers. So Leon are currently in the process of selling Maxwell Cornett to Burnley, and it looks like they would then spend that money on Palmieri and Jordan Shakiri from Liverpool. That would be how they would go about refreshing the squad a little bit. Um Hector Bellerin is desperate to leave Arsenal. The Gunners are contemplating a swap deal that would see Bellerin go to Barcelona and Emerson Royal move to North London. That would be a good move for Arsenal. I don't know why Barcelona would want to do it. I'm not sure the Gunners would be the ones contemplating anything. They'd snap their hands off for that deal. Juventus are set to agree a £35 million million euro fee for Manuel Locatelli. I think their owner said that if it wasn't done by the twelfth of August, it wasn't getting done. So we'll wait and see. Chelsea are stepping up their efforts to offload Ross Barkley, Danny Drinkwater, and Tamayo Bakayoko, who cost a combined ninety million this summer. So they're not going to get any money back for Drinkwater. I think that's fair to say he'll be a free transfer. Um, I do think they could get twenty-five to thirty million for Bakayoko. Like I said earlier, he's a good player. He can absolutely play. be valuable to a lot of clubs. Now he is 27. He has only one year left in his contract though. So maybe 20 million is about the max you get for him. And then Barkley who'll be 28 later this year. He's got two years left. They paid about 18. I think they'd get 12? 15 maybe? Yeah, 90 million. They'll be lucky if they get 40 back for the three. West Ham uh, are not giving up on signing Kurt Zuma after missing out on Fiorentina's 23-year-old Nikola Milenkovic. Don't know how they missed out on him or why they missed out on him. Maybe he turned them down. Bolton Wanderers are not in the race to sign James McLean after they and Wigan Athletic were linked to the 32-year-old who has been told he can leave Stoke City. Like I said yesterday. I'd like him to go to Celtic. I just think it would be fitting. And that's it. That is the show for today. Thank you as always for listening. Thank you to the returning Mr Guy Drinkle. And thanks to Fox Hold for our title music. We'll see you tomorrow. Take care you says. Bye bye. Uh-huh. podcast network.